This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. Currently, you can get free delivery on all orders over £40 and 10% of all online orders by using our code of TakesThatChance10. Jetson's there, Billy Head, the goal Chris Billy Huddersfield Town, the most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does he do? Does he do two of his whole yeah, one? All right. <laughs> right, guys. Hello and welcome to another live episode of Any Takes That Chance. Um, the transfer window came and went yesterday, but rather than a striker in for Huddersfield, it was a strikeout. Uh, here's hoping that we can pitch something better tonight, lads. So joining me, host for this week, Brady Frost, we've got uh, Dan, the poacher porrit. How are you, Dan? Yeah, not bad, mate, yourself? Yeah, yeah, can't complain, mate. And joining me and Dan is BBC Radio Leeds' Johnny Back of the Net Buchan. Evening, Johnny. Evening, lads. Evening. And finally, to make our lineup complete, we've got Phil Stops and Going In, senior. How are you, Phil? <laughs> hey, good evening. How are we doing, guys? <laughs> Yeah, we're great, mate. So I know, obviously, it's a bit of an interesting one, this one. I know all the listeners and the viewers are very keen to go into depth about the transfer window, but we are actually going to talk about the game first. Uh, we're going to talk about Stoke. So it was a 1-1 draw, as, as we all know. Some stats for your chaps. Um, obviously, there was an error in this game for Huddersfield. Um, Huddersfield have the most errors leading to goals this season, six. And obviously, uh, one was, was in this game. But Johnny, you were actually commentating on the match. So I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what did you make of it from your lucky view? 
Uh, I thought it was very similar to the Bristol City game in terms of the domination, wasn't it? Um, I think over those two games, you've had, what, 42 shots, I think, in total, and scored two goals, one of them the deflected one at the weekend, um, which is just ridiculous when you think about it. Um, I thought they probably deserved to win the game just about. Um, I know Carlos felt that they definitely deserved to win the game. It was quite interesting speaking to him afterwards. He was more focused on the opening 45 minutes. Um, and how disappointing that was rather than the, the second 45 where he had the man advantage. He didn't seem to want to really go into that too much, but he was furious at the full-time whistle, which kind of told you everything you need to know. He stormed off down the tunnel. I know he usually walks off down the tunnel, but he did storm off down it. Entertaining game, really entertaining game, um, but a very, very frustrating game to watch from a commentator's perspective, never mind what you guys must have been feeling watching it as well. Yeah, Paz, what, what did you think? I know you didn't... Uh... Well, you did watch some of the games this time. But I did watch this one, yeah, I did watch this one. I've prepared well for this one. Um, <laughs> yeah, another yeah. frustrating afternoon, really, wasn't it? Um, especially second half. As, as Johnny mentions there, similar to Bristol, a lot of possession, a lot of, a lot of shots. You know, like I think afterwards on, uh, I don't know, different websites obviously do different stats, but on iFollow it said, uh, like, clear-cut chances against Stokewood. We're actually down at zero. Um, so to say we had you know a man advantage for, for 45 minutes, not to create an actual clear cut chance. Um, I think Bakuna had one, one decent shot. Uh, apart from that, I don't really remember getting overly excited, thinking you know, you know this is the moment that, that we're in. Which it goes back to what we've been what we've been saying over the last couple of weeks is you know a lack of creativity in, in final third. Um, I think it were very you know keep possession and look for that opening which were it ever really going to come there's no one there that could really play that killer pass um, to be able to play that killer pass you've got to have decent movement in front of it which we don't seem to have uh, interestingly enough I watched the the goal we conceded back um, the, today uh, whilst we're doing my research and um it looks like Keogh is looking to pass it. It takes a step out, he takes another step out and it's almost like there's nowhere to go here so I'm, I'm going to play it square and obviously made a bit of a balls of it. Um, but even then, the defender's, you know, he's 30 yard out. He's, you've still got a chance to defend that. So although, yeah, Keogh makes a bad pass, you've still got to look at Nabisar there. Uh, puts the tackling while he's almost sort of falling over, which if you, again, if you watch it back, the, the you know, Stoke fellas cutting inside and there's an actual... You know, I can't, I couldn't see who it was, but there's a town player, you know, no more than sort of two or three yards inside of him. So I don't even need to make that tackle there. So just a silly decision from Keo, a silly decision from Saar, and, you know, put Stoke right back in it. Um, but yeah, just focusing on second half and chances missed, it's it's becoming a bit of a worry that we're, we're having all these sort of possession and, you know, chances, but really we're not actually testing keeper and, you know, you don't mind losing or drawing if keepers made five or six top class saves. You know, you've hit, you've hit post. I know we did it at Bristol a couple of times. But, you know, if keeper has a blind, you come away and say, do you know what, fair play to the keeper there. He's kept a minute. Mm-hmm. But when, when he's made one decent save, really, in, in 90 minutes and you've played against 10 men for 45, it's just not good enough. And I think it's that lack of creativity in, in final third. Yeah, I agree. I think we were, we were dominant, weren't we? we were, it was were, it were a very dominant game, again, uh, Bristol City were fantastic. We, you know, very very relaxed kind of watch as you would go. And I think, like you say, it's kind of like the the, the killer instinct further forward in the in the in the final third. We we were we were fine through the thirds, and we never looked trouble once in defence. Um, and I just think the second half kind of killed it for us. I, I don't know if it was 
decision from the manager how we play. For me, for me, I would have gone more attacking. I would have maybe put the put the young lad on with Campbell as well, play two up front. You know, down to ten men. It's a it's a totally different game. Um, we've got the balls in wide areas, but we didn't put it in early. The, the 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 best cross that came for me was Holmes when he when he came on he put a beauty in behind and mm. no one gambled uh, you put two strikers up there it's a different like you say it's a different game um, I've said before on this on this podcast about outfielders like goalkeepers hate outfielders and I do think and and this is maybe me sticking up for the defence but if you watch that the the penalty back the lad's running towards goal and he's cut the ball square he's running across his eighteen yard box. Sars put his foot out to block the ball coming past him. But the lad's actually squared it. So he's he's running forward. He's squared it to the left. Mm. But he's carried on running forward. So he's actually not running towards the ball. So for me, he's he's clashed into Sars. That might be me just kind of sticking up for the defensive unit. But I think, you know, I think I I thought it would pull it straight away. Um, but it's like I say, the game's full of opinions, as we'll probably find out later tonight when we discuss uh, transfers and things. Um, but it was, it was again, it was positive. It was a positive performance. Um, just that killer instinct at the top. <laughs> we'll probably go into it when we talk about transfers and things. But it just there was nothing there to to kind of finish those those chances. I mean, we'll go back to it, and we keep going back to it. The year we went up into the Premier League, we took our chances. We didn't have many. You know, we, 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 we weren't free scoring, but we took the chances. Um, Naki Wells only scored 10 goals that season. Um, and there was others that were chipping in and people aren't chipping in at the moment. So it's it's, it's difficult. But again, it's a, a, I mean, stoking above us, right or wrong. So it's, you know, it was a confident performance for me even before they had, um, before they went down to 10 men. So um, interesting to see what you guys think later on when we talk about, like I say, the transfers. Yeah, I think they're like a great... Oh, sorry, really, No, no, I, I think for me, um, well, we've seen this season, you know, we can't convert our chances, but I was kind of... I mean, we'll come on to the red card, but I think that was a bit of the game changer. You know, Stoke were happy, had a point, at, you know, had one point at that, at that point, have to sit back on it. And I think it's kind of a theme this season when teams go and defend, we really struggle to break them down. And it, it that's what kind of came across to me. I think, um, well, actually... I, I saw some Stoke fans um, saying it wasn't a red card, but uh, I, I think for me that was definitely a red card. Um, I don't know about you, Johnny. What did obviously you yeah. have a better view than me? Hundred percent red card. Um, at the time, you know, live saw it and thought, yeah, definite red card, and seen it back since and think definite red card as well. You know, it was it was actually someone someone messages afterwards and said it was the best thing that Fraser Campbell did all game was actually slipping. <laughs> in that scenario um, because it allowed the ball to run away it might have been it might have been Cosy actually Um, and the ball ran away from him obviously and then getting there first is Bakuna and in comes that late tackle and yeah there was no doubt that it was a red card for me I think the most surprising thing of the entire afternoon though and it's what Phil mentioned there in, in terms of the second half and going a bit more attacking was you know an hour played Rolando Aarons had arguably been one of the most exciting and dangerous players on the pitch and they bring him off now, I know that they have set things in place and it's one of the Carlos ways of doing things where they go, well, this player's because of the workload and all that sort of stuff. They look at the size, don't they, and the stats. He's, he's got to come off after 60 minutes. For me, you're, you're against 10 men. You want your most influential, exciting, dangerous players on the pitch. Whether the workload is going to be an extra half an hour for them or not, the points are worth it, in my opinion. And, and yeah. I was really surprised to, to see that change when he brought... OK, he wanted to bring Holmes on. I understand that. But you don't, in my view bring Holmes on for 
Rolando Aarons. You know, you bring him on for somebody else, don't you? Even if you even if you bring him on for Vallejo, who's sitting a little bit deeper, you know, take Vallejo off, bring Holmes on, and let Holmes have a little bit more of a, an attacking, you know, role in the centre of the park. I, I don't know what you guys thought, but I was I was staggered by that change at that time. Yeah, I think you're right, Johnny. I think you you put uh, you put Holmes on as well as as there. Yeah. As there. Um, I think interestingly, you basically called it right there when when teams sit back, we do find it difficult to break them down. And one something that I particularly picked up on, but I you know I read the the Stephen Chicken article, uh, and one of the things that he picked up on was the fact that we now play a left-footed winger on left wing and a right-footed winger on right wing, whereas early season we play the opposite way around. Yeah. So what happens there is obviously your wingers will then naturally cut inside. Which drags you full back in, and our full back, our full backs used to bomb on into that space. On Saturday, we didn't seem to have that. You had your wingers really wide. There's no chance of an overlap there. Your full backs are not going to come inside because it's on their weaker foot as well. And I think that's probably why we got a lot more sort of passing from left all the way across back to right, back into the middle, back out wide because there were no, there were no movement. There were no pulling Stoke players out of that position. It's so easy to put two banks of four in against us at the moment and. You know, you could just have eight players because that, that that eight would block, you know, block any attack that, that we go down. Interestingly enough, our goal came from a deflection. Why not shoot a bit more? You know, if you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? Let's be honest. So we, we seem to be wanting to sort of almost get that perfect goal. People shot, it took a deflection, ended up in back at net. We need to be a little bit more inventive, a little bit different, think outside the box. Like you say there, Johnny's got a plan on 60, I'm going to do this. Well, if the game doesn't need that to happen on 60, don't do not do it. And I think that's where Carlos is still still learning or maybe a little bit naive because he mm. seems to have a plan at the start of the match and sticks to it rather than being reactive. When things happen, oh, this is my plan, I'm sticking to it, rather than, oh, this has now happened. If we can do X, Y and Z, I'll change it on the, on the fly kind of thing. And I think at the moment for me, don't have many criticisms of Carlos because I think he's working with one hand tied behind his back at the moment with, with players that are available to him. But that is one thing that he does really need to improve on for me is being able to make decisions in a game that are going to have a positive impact. Not just a like-for-like, like, so bar. this is my plan, I'm sticking to it. It's being able to just decide on the fly that, look, this is what's happening. I'm going to change it and it's going to make it better kind of thing. Why do you think um, Why do you think he's, he's done that in terms of Mbenza... Um, staying on the right and and Aaron's being on the left because you thought it could be it, they, they don't seem to swap do they? There's no change in terms of you know you, you see a lot of these teams now don't you? Oh yeah, it's like switch sides. Um, you saw Klopp the other week like complaining to Salah and Mane because they decided to do that. Uh, but you see a lot of it at the moment and and for me like you've said there it, it, it's it's a dangerous ball in that box. I mean, Ben's is delivery is fantastic and it's dangerous and if he can cut in from that far side he's deadly but maybe it's something linked to Aaron's and, and the way he plays and is he predominantly a left sided player that, that plays on the left wing I'm not sure I don't, I don't know his background but um, he was he was one of the outstanding players first half um, I mean I still think Toffolo got forward a little bit but I think yeah. O'Brien were kind of making those runs instead once O'Brien was kind of supporting uh, the striker and um and the winger a little bit more, and, and, and he was a bit more dynamic at the week. I thought he had a really good game, O'Brien. Um, trying on the half turn again and driving forward. So, um, but it was it were there to be won, wasn't it? And I think it were. I think he was shocked when he came off, and and, and I definitely was shocked when he came off. I couldn't I couldn't believe you taking our best player off. To be fair, um, when you're chasing chasing a win, you know, it, it were there to it were there to be taken, um, and I don't think their keeper got got challenged enough during the game. 
No, and I think, Posse, you made an interesting point for me. Um, whereas, like you say, Pippa having that shot and it deflects and goes in. I think you you touched on it as well, Phil. Holmes, for me, when he came on, he put in a couple of nice balls in the box. And like you say, you want your striker to be there. But it's quite interesting because I suppose what really took my um, made me sit up and notice that was we don't seem to make many chances where it is that tapping. You know, it is six yards. The only goal I can really think of was um, Bakunas against Bristol. And that was when it was a bit of a scramble in the box. But... I mean, that's, you know, if we talk about issues with town, you know, surely creating chances where you're six yards out and got a better chance of getting them. And for me, you know, <laughs> you're probably going to get more goals that way. And if, I think, again, from this, this game really sums it up last season. We make, you know, we concede such an easy goal. We give a goal away so easily. And then we spend such a hard time trying to get one. And sometimes we do get one. Sometimes it's really well-crafted. Sometimes it's a bit of luck. Um, but we don't, we don't kill games off I, I, you know, again, we were one in the lock. It was early on. We were we were looking good, and then we just we just give it away. And uh, I think it's a pattern pattern we've seen this season. Um, really, a positive though to take a positive to take from that one is that when you were pegged back, you didn't concede again very quickly, which has also become a bit of a pattern this season, hasn't it? You know, going either going behind or conceding one to to get pulled back level, and then conceding another within four or five minutes. And we've spoken about that quite a lot in terms of you know why that happens and. It, it, it isn't structure, you know, it isn't necessarily structure. They seem like they they are organised in those scenarios. Um, and the Bristol Bristol City was one of the examples, wasn't it? You know, it happened there. But you had everyone behind the ball. You had, you had everyone in the right positions. Everyone was right. It was just a little lapse of concentration by Saar, which allowed Jeju to get around the outside of him, didn't it? And he finished it brilliantly. Like, he couldn't have put it anywhere else, could he? Um, and you, you got punished by that. But I think the positive from the weekend was that when Fletcher got the penalty and scored that, you didn't then look like you were going to concede another one straight away, which is something that has been a vulnerability yeah. I think, this season. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I, I, is that a reflection on on Stokes' ability uh, going yeah, forward, or is that a reflect? I mean, I think we defended well. I think Keo, you know, we, we laughed about him previously, but I think he, he looks like he looks solid. He looks a good signing. Um, minus the four passes that were exactly the same <laughs> as when he gave the ball away. Yeah, he made the same pass. About strange, really after. strange, wasn't it? Yeah, really yeah. weird. Um, but it, but thing is, though, again, we, we go over it, but it just shows that that's what they're wanting them to do. So if that, if he thinks that passes on and it's and it's a pass to be made, they're sticking to the kind of information from the manager, aren't they? But it, <laughs> but yeah, it, it come to want it. I thought Pippa were, were good again um, going forward and, and, and being a bit more dynamic. I'd still like to see him get in the game a little bit more. I think. The opportunity for him there to um, to get involved with brilliant. I I enjoyed uh, Vallejo's uh, or how you how you want to pronounce his name. You should be able to do it, shouldn't you? Vallejo, <laughs> or Vallejo. Um, Vallejo. You like the bloody Yorkshire Alonso, wasn't it? He <laughs> <laughs> was he was he was like you, that. Just summed up kind of I think Stokes' performance because there was zero pressure on him all game. Uh, but the positive thing was he was able to find forward passes, not like kind of eighteen kind of passes where you break the lines, and then and then that's that was then the issue because the amount of times that Bakuna got the ball and, and ran forwards or O'Brien and had that opportunity to break forwards, there was then zero option for me. It was it was like right, we've broke that line, we, we've got into the little pocket in between the midfield and the centre half. And now we're struggling. I thought Vallejo's performance was really good. It was it was nice to see that we've got a player there who's really, really comfortable on the ball and, and could actually it's a different way of playing into it, can dictate the play kind of thing. And and, and, it, and it, it was it was impressive for me at the weekend. But 
you know, a couple of players were shining lights and I think it was just another struggle to score. Mm. I think it's just reading some of the comments on YouTube and uh, um, Lee, uh, Lee Oates has made a good point. It's something that I'd forgotten about. You know, if Campbell scores that header just before they get their penalty, it's a game. still yeah. and game over, I know. Yeah. But we, can, we, we, well, we will be discussing, you know, forward line when we come to discuss transfers and stuff like that. But yeah, I've totally forgotten about that. And that That's is a big moment of the game, arguably. Arguably, that's the big moment of the game, isn't it? You know, he, he finishes that, you 2 nil up, home and hose, and let's say it pans out the same way, they get a man sent off. You can see out the second half, no problem. You hit the yeah, target. Chances that we've got to say. It's a goal. Hit the target. For me, you wouldn't seen both of them missing their mud, you hit a spinner. No, no. no, it won't be getting there, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just. Cosy, uh, Posy, you beat me to it. Um, I was going to read out some of the comments. So, um, yeah, a tweak said just as frustrating as the Bristol game, but in a different way. Com- confidence needs to boost. Um, <laughs> needs to play uh, play two strikers up front. I noticed Julian said, hi, fellas, what happened to the chap with the bushy beard who used to hold you guys in check? That's Matt, by the way. So, clearly, he's enjoying my hosting. Uh, he, is, he is still with us, mate. Don't worry. Um, but, yeah, just, just before we move on from Stoke, is, is anything else anybody wanted to cover? Uh, Bakuna's shot cleared off the line, but apart from that? No. I think I, I, it was interesting speaking to Harry Toffolo afterwards and, and Phil kind of mentioned it in terms of people getting forwards a little bit more at the weekend. And, and I thought Toffolo was as well, and he certainly was against Bristol City. And, and he kind of said um, when I spoke to him after the match that he, he's been encouraged to get back into the levels that he was at earlier in the season attacking-wise, which suggested to me that they maybe have behind the scenes, ask them to not necessarily be as attacking. And, that, and that'd be understandable, wouldn't it? You know, when you're losing games, you're conceding goals, you maybe think, do you know what? Let's not ask the fullbacks to be bombing on as much. Let's ask them to sit in a little bit more. You could maybe understand it. But it was quite interesting to hear him reveal that and say, you know, yeah, I've been asked to get back to the levels I was at attacking-wise earlier in the season, which which I think tells you a little bit about them maybe changing things as this season yeah. goes on. You could see, couldn't you? You could, you could see yeah. both fullbacks. You know, we've been talking about Pippa and, and Toffolo being like the, our best players and then all of a sudden, they're nowhere near the top of the field. Yeah. And, then, and then the other day, Toffolo was... was <laughs> some of the chances fell to him in the air. They always seem to fall yeah. to him. You know, he fell to your bloody defender. Uh, but yeah, you could tell that. So yeah, it is interesting, isn't it? You know, it's, it'd be nice to have a bit of an insight in, in terms of... Well, I mean, suppose you can't because obviously it leaks. And, and But to, to, to know what they've been asked to do, it'd be, mm. it'd be really interesting. Could also just be psychological that as a defender, you know, your first and foremost job is to not concede goals, I suppose. So mm. even if you know it's not an actual instruction from Carlos, you know, hang back, hang back for you. Every time you get sort of halfway line, you're thinking, you know, we're letting a lot in here, and I'm a defender, mm. my job's to not let that happen. So psychologically, that's when you end up sitting deeper and deeper. Maybe it's what Phil was saying earlier, you know, that you've got a left footer on the left side, a right footer on the right side, mm. and they're in that space that the fullbacks would usually get into. So maybe yeah. just the space isn't there for them. You know, Aaron's is taking up the place and, and Ben's is taking... The, the space isn't there for them. You can't go and occupy an area that's not available for you, can you? So maybe it's that. Maybe it is just down to that that structure and the fact that if they you, haven't swapped them. If you look at... If you look at, um, if you look at the performances, though, when Chrome was playing, when he received the ball, he received the ball on the touchline and, and it wasn't an overlap, it was an underlap. So, so yeah. the fullbacks are always underlapping. They're never really going around the outside. He's always on the inside, which is obviously, for me, would used to be the midfield run that, that would make that run into there. So, so if, I don't, I'm not sure about this left foot and right foot in terms of like being out wide. I just think whether they've been told to or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Like, you've, like you've said there, I think there probably is something in terms of that, you know, we're shipping a few goals well, in here, a- but... 
I suppose yeah. the underlap, if you do the underlap, what that does is it it almost takes the attention of the fullback, doesn't it, to go to go with the underlap in some Massive, ways, yeah, which, which yeah, then opens yeah. the space for the yeah. right footer to cut in and yeah. get the shot away. So if you haven't got the right footer who's going to cut in and do that, then you can't do the underlap and you can't do the overlap either because he's going to go and try the overlap himself, isn't he? When we yeah, were kids, it would always get around. Yeah, I was going to say, your body position, you know, yeah. if you're right footed on left wing, you're naturally going to stand chest in, aren't you? Whereas if you're left footed, you're going to basically stand yeah. that way so yeah, yeah. I think although yeah physically in that space you know it's like football it's that technical these days a, a you know 45 degree turn on the body can change the whole aspect of the pitch and I think it's probably something that they might they might look at and you know hopefully listen to the pod and you know we're all experts obviously <laughs> and they can swap it next week on Saturday <laughs> Um, yeah, just just for me, lads, with Toffler, I think I think there's two things. Um, obviously, I, I know we've talked about it a lot of pods, but um, you know, those 12 games in 43 days, Toffler played 90 minutes from pretty much everyone, so I think he's a bit cooked. Um, I think yeah, this possibly. as well. Um, you know, I, a lot when we talk about this, we look at a lot of what we did wrong, but I do think Michael O'Neill, you know, he is a good tactician, and I think he's kind of aware in opposition of catching up to how good Toffler was earlier in the season. Um, but you make a good point about the over, overlap and underlap. Um, but yeah, that's it. I mean, unless anyone else wants to say anything about Stoke, no? Yeah, yeah, not a bit frustrating. Uh, we will move on though, um, because obviously we will talk the transfer window, but I think the club were very keen to uh, post this all over social media <laughs> yesterday. Um, someone got a new contract uh, and that man is uh, Jonathan Hogg. So he signed oh, an extension. Kept that quiet. We should have promoted that a bit more. To be fair, we, Cosy criticises social media a lot, but I did enjoy the um, aggressive rock music and all of Hogg's tackles in the video. I thought that was brilliant. So uh, credit where credit's due. But yeah, Hogg signed a new contract um, due to be expiring this summer, but he signed it for two years to keep him to 2023 with an option of a year. Um, so he's made over 250 appearances for town now, eight seasons been with the club. Um, Corbrand called him a very special player after the 3-0 win against Millwall. Um, and I think, I would say, arguably, I think he's been our best best player this season before we got injured. You could maybe argue with Toffler. Um, what about you, Phil? Um, do you think we're missing him at the moment? I really hope he, he, I really hope he means that he loves this club. When, it, when he wrote it in his, uh, in his Instagram post, um, I think he does, doesn't he? I think he's he's been he's been solid. I think last season he struggled a little bit, but I think he's he's kind of thrived this year, and and he's been back to his normal kind of confident self, dropping in and receiving and just playing simple. Do you know what I mean? So I don't think we've missed him to be honest. I think um, it's made a bit of a difference. I think you you have a bit of a weak belly then, don't you? If if you're missing kind of like that reliability in the middle, so. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it's a great signing. I think it's it's a signing that you need. He knows the club inside out. Um, when when we go on to these signings in a minute or whatever we do, I, you need a bit of consistency. I think I think that's my worry that we're not having that consistency at the moment. And um, he he will be. You know, we don't know what what's going to happen with people like Schindler and you know etc. End of the year, so. Um, that was our worry that it'd be wholesale changes all the time, and I think it's done it too much since we've left the Premiership. I think it needed to be more of a, more of a fixed squad, and, and and I think certainly bringing Hoggy, you know, signing another contract, will, it'll definitely help. So um, we'll we'll see. Also, what about yourself? Because I think you were you were like me. We we kind of criticised him last season, but he's uh, he seems to have turned it around. Hoggy. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, discussing Hog <laughs> and the contract before, and I, I said I won't give him one, and. Uh, <laughs> 
to be honest, that's, that's, uh, as good that's as it's been well. this season, I, I still <laughs> just kind of... <laughs> just say what you've been doing, <laughs> To be fair, he's done well this season. My only concern, and one of the reasons why I probably wouldn't have renewed it is, he's, he's 32 now, I think, so he's got another two years. He's going to be 34 by the end of it. He's, he's, Doug, he is a pinnacle of fitness, isn't he? let's be fair, when he's fit, but he's, he's got that little niggling hip injury. Which injuries like that, as you're getting older, are only going to get worse and worse. Mm. So, how many games is he going to play? Um, if he's there as a, I would say a sort of backup, because you know, but if he plays fifty percent of games and someone is nurtured alongside him, and you know, Hog can pass on his wisdom and stuff like that, then you know, all right, fair enough. Um, if he's being signed as to build a team round, no, for me, he's not that. He's not no. enough for that anymore. He's on his way out. He'll be used sparingly, I would imagine. Like I say, that hip injury does kind of niggle on me a little bit. But yeah, last season, you know, we've we've slated him on here before and he has come back, you know, this season and strong. And I think like Phil says, you, you, without him in there, we do look a little bit soft and there's no one really that can put a tackle in there. Um, so yeah, a part of me kind of, is sort of I'll sit on fence. <laughs> I'll do a Matt Glennon and sit on fence. Uh, I think... On one hand, I think it's a decent uh, decent to extend it for two. I certainly probably would not be extending it again if we have that option because, uh, you know, I think it would just be way past it then. But if he's going to be used bit part, then fair enough. But if not, you know, if he's going to be Could, built a team around... You're talking about something after. Don't worry about after. Worry about now. <laughs> worry about now. Stop bloody... Stop worrying about... I, I just... I, I agree. I agree exactly what you said there. I think... I don't think he's going to be signed to build a team around. That's no, no chance. Uh-huh. He's not that kind of player anyway. I, I, I literally think it is for the experience and for the fact that he can still do a job. And, and you know, he's not, you know, he's, he's not going to be fit enough to, to, to play a full season. So that, that, that kind of role in a club and that kind of person, that character is massive in a football club and, and people need that and they need that person to go to. And I know you don't just sign people for that reason, but I think it makes a massive difference. And like you've just mentioned there, his performances this year have been better. So I think it does warrant that 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 extra, you know, two years just for that consistency. But yeah, I think you're 100 right. You know, last year it was it, it was kind of kind of past your sell by date, wasn't it, kind of thing. Um, but it just shows the kind of character of the lad to to kind of improve his game again and, and 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 you know make a difference, which he has done. Kind of reminds me of Dean Whitehead when Wagner were there. That's yeah, sort of, basically yeah. that sort of that sort of yeah. year in his. Uh, in his career and Whitehead got an extra, you know, and if that meant us doing what we did and all can do something similar, then fair enough. Whitehead always looked well. tired, didn't he, when he came on? When he came when he came on as a sub, he always looked tired straight away <laughs> for me. But he could zing a ball all over the place. The thing is as well, Posley, you know, he'll, he'll, two years, he'll get a testimonial. You don't see them anymore. So you know, that's man. worth it just for that. Johnny, what about yourself? What, what do yeah. you think of the, uh, yeah. the move? I think you've I think you've nailed it between you really. I think that there is the concern of that hip injury, and you're right, Pozza. It's you know it's one of those where it can be a niggling injury that that reoccurs and reoccurs, and it already has done, hasn't it? You know we can see it come back again, and you hope that isn't the case. Um, we know how intense the training regime is as well under Carlos, and you do think you know 32 year old, 34 by the end of this contract coming to an end, you do wonder about that and the intensity of that. But it, it does seem to be one of the fittest, you know. And, finishes the bleak test and all that sort of stuff, according to all the reports that we hear, don't we? So, but I think as well, 
what Phil's saying about having that character and that continuity in the dressing room. We we know there are a couple of local lads in that dressing room. We know the youngsters are local lads, but we know, you know, Danny Ward wanted to come back up here, didn't he? And Fraser Campbell's a local lad as well. So there's already that thread there. And I, I know he's not necessarily a local lad, but he's been at the club for that long that he is a local lad, isn't he? And he knows exactly what it is. And if, as Phil says, you can have a young player brought in to be alongside him in terms of in the training anyway, not necessarily playing in place of Hogg, but for the long term, the amount that they will learn from someone like that, from a seasoned pro who has played at this level and higher for year after year after year after year, and what it takes to do that mentally, not just physically, but mentally to be able to do that. I think it's I think it's a shrewd move by the club to make sure that they've got him, make sure that he is staying with them for a couple more years, even if he isn't going to be a 35, 40, 45 player um, at game season. You know, I, I think it's certainly worthwhile doing. It's like the learnt behaviours for the kids, isn't it? The kids will yeah. learn that, but that kind of behaviour. That you know, it's. I, I'm, I've been out of the game for a while now, but for me, when I was coming out of the game, that it's gone. The, the, the kids nowadays, it's it's not the same. And, and Hoggies, you can see his attitude towards the game, his preparation, his, his, his attitude towards opponents, his teammates, is is just how it used to be and how it should be. So hopefully, you know, these learnt behaviours from from these young kids will will, will shine through. So. Me, me and Matty were talking about that at the weekend. We were talking about the... Do you remember after the Plymouth game, the yeah. Romney Critchlow interview afterwards that he did with us? And he was very... You know, they'd lost 3-2 and he was very upbeat and he was very like, oh, yeah, I thought I played quite well, blah, 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 blah. And at the time, I, I was looking at Matty. I was presenting at the time. Matty was co-commentating. Oggy was doing the interview. And Matty sat next to me, shaking his head, shaking his head. And, and now you won't get Jonathan Hogg doing an interview like that after a 3-2 defeat to Plymouth yes. in the Cup. You know, and you and you got it. You understood it from the kid's perspective, yeah, and you're never yeah. going to nail the kid for it. And yeah. he didn't nail the kid because that's not that's not our job. We're not there to nail people for stuff like that. You know, but you, it's not necessarily what I imagine you guys probably wanted to hear when you're listening to it afterwards. You know, play good. Oh, well, I played quite well today. I was quite happy with that. I thought we put in a really good performance for a young team. Line about you're out of the cup, mate. You've lost three two to a team that's below you. It should, yeah. It shows how the game's changed because totally. because because what they'll be told is to look for the positives in your performance. Yeah. So it, it's all positive. And that's it's what happens in youth football, isn't it? You know, you can lose 4 0 in youth football, but the coach afterwards will say, actually, did you do we well? did really well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it is difficult, isn't it? You know, and you hit the nail on the head there in terms of saying, like, what do we. It's always about what we want to hear as fans. You know, fans want to, you know, you, yeah. like, why is he not saying that? Like, why has he done this? It, 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 it's all about us. Really, it should be. It should be about the players. So, so end of the day, like, I know Critchwell, you know, it's. It's it what we want to hear, yeah. but if he performs well next game, at least that's made him feel better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, so, true, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sign of the times, unfortunately, sign of the times. Sure, Hoggy would give him a shout if he was on the same pitch as him. Uh, hey, well, exactly, yeah. Hoggy yeah. gives, yeah, Hoggy's one of those that, that, that if, like, even if, like, if he does something wrong, he'll still shout at somebody else. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I miss about, that's what I miss I, about I, live I, games, I, mate. I a, yeah, I had a few people who played with me at Huddersfield, and I won't name names because it might get back to them, but it used to be a massive bugbear <laughs> to me because he used to make mistakes, and then they'd either, well, I'm not going to say with the term answer, but they'd know someone else, I'm like, own your own mistakes because I tell you what as soon as I walk in that change room I apologise to every single one of them and I apologise a lot when I was playing <laughs> <laughs> right mate well if uh, if you guys are ready should we move on to the thing that everyone wants us to talk about <laughs> oh look he's ready he's ready <laughs> right <laughs> well, we're of course talking about the transfer window now I realise this is going to get quite heated so what I will just say to you know to temper is I actually thought the window as a whole was okay We've got some, but I thought yesterday it was absolutely dreadful. Um, so six signings. Um, so I'll read them in order. We've got Danny Grant, 
Rolando Ahrens, Sorba Thomas, Richard Keogh, Dwayne Holmes, and Jason Lutweiler. Uh, Phil, I'm going to ask you about the keeper because obviously he joined on deadline day. You might have missed it in between the hog hog tweets. Um, what <laughs> I, I I spoke to a Fleetwood fan and was what was quite interesting was um, apparently Joey Barton when he was the boss wanted him to stay on and offered to pay his wages himself. So it kind of tells you. I've heard he's a bit of a solid keeper. So, Phil, I'm not going to ask you about this keeper because I know, as we, we, we don't really know anything about him, any of us here. Um, well, the but, goalkeeper, the goalkeeper uh, yeah. started at Basel and, <laughs> and then he went to, he's played at Middlesbrough and Shrewsbury. And, this <laughs> analyst, look at this analyst, oh, mate. Fair, Goalkeepers are, goalkeepers are different. Goalkeepers are totally different. So I, I, I did a little bit. We, we spoke, didn't we? We messaged before. Um, yeah. Kept a, a, a number of consecutive clean sheets at Shrewsbury. So he's played at Shrewsbury for a long time. Um, you asked you ask Matt, I mean, me and Matty speak about this all the time. Um, I, I did a coaching badge once with um, with Ian Bennett, and, and this was years ago, and then he ended up coming to Huddersfield. And we, we had a laugh because we were two small goalkeepers. And... Um, and he actually said playing in the Premier League was easier than playing lower league um, because obviously being a smaller keeper, balls into the box, etc. Goalkeeper's job is literally to save the ball. So, so communicate well behind the, behind the defence, uh, be commanding, get yourself in the right position, save the ball, simple as that. So he's done that in the past. This, this keeper, obviously, it could be, he could have run into the wrong manager. It might not have worked out. Other keepers might have come forward and, and performed really well. And he might have just been that unlucky keeper, which there is a few unlucky keepers, that land on a, on a team, someone else plays well, and then you don't get that chance and you move on. He could actually be that kind of person. So um, they've obviously done the homework on him. And, and my issue, obviously, is, is that maybe if, if, if he gets called upon, he won't be ready. Um, and then obviously the other issues are the fact that why we're bringing a keeper in because he's here to cover somebody so is he here to cover Ryan or is he here to cover Pereira which I'm guessing he is which then and, and I'll probably go on to this when we talk about strikers which then worries me about the transfer policy early on in the season in terms of bringing in keepers that aren't fit for purpose um, or players who aren't fit for purpose so yeah, I think it's I think it's probably a good signing. It probably means, and I've been in this position. It probably means that they don't have any any trust in the younger keepers who are below. Um, so that that's how I would read it. But I just think obviously it's not what the fans want to see that they're bringing in another keeper when fans are wanting to see another striker. Well, I was just going to ask Phil because obviously when you came into the team, you had some senior lads. Um, yeah, everyone seems to think that this guy's going to be the the backup to Schofield. How how valuable will it be for Schofield to have like an experienced pro, like you say, in and around him, like learning with him? And... Massively, I think the the thing is, it's having a goalkeeper with you who, who actually is moving in the same direction that you want to move into, so not kind of stabbing you in the back. Um, it, it's the keepers' union, and, and I've come across a few of these while I've played. Definitely not Matty. Me and Matty were like that. Um, <laughs> but I've, come across, I've come across a few of these, and and I think for for, for Ryan now, I think he could be. If, if he's coming as a backup, it could be a, a really good asset to Ryan in terms of giving him some support and, and, and encouragement. I think Ryan started brilliant. Um, obviously, got a lot to learn, but um, it, it could be you know it could be a good sign in terms of that. So um, so yeah, it, it, like I say, it goes back to why they brought him in really and, and, and what's that all about? Is I don't know. I can't really can't really say. I don't know what I mean. Has anyone seen what the managers said in terms of why he's coming? 
Well, um, my, my question would be, uh, we'll, we'll speak to Carlos this week, so he'll definitely ask that question. I think it'll probably be Thursday we get to speak to him. Yeah. My question would be, is he coming in as backup to Ryan? Yeah. Is 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 this is this saying that Ryan is our number one, as as was viewed be the case with with Ben Hamer leaving, um, yeah. and understandably you, you get that you kind of go okay well, yeah you know they're going to give this young lad a chance they rate him excellent, but then on deadline day they've seemingly rushed to bring in a keeper who's an experienced goalkeeper. Have they done that to back up Ryan, or have it's they done be. that because they're not they're not hundred percent convinced on Ryan? I don't know that'd be. That'd be interesting for me, to know. For me, it's got, for me, that'd be poor management. If if mm. Ryan, Ryan's played a consecutive number of games now, he needs to stay in for me. Yeah. Uh, rightly or wrongly, if you know, if he's a right man for the job, I'm not sure, but they've, they've made that decision now, and, and he needs to be the keeper. Um, so, but but you won't get an answer. You won't get a, no, no, of course, you won't yeah. get a straight answer. No, no. But, you know, it's journalists. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how you approach things because you'll never get a straight answer from a manager. They'll, they'll go around the houses and, and you, half the time you've got to read between the lines, haven't you? So, well, it'd be, more, uh, it'd be more interesting to hear what Lee Bromby has to say about it, wouldn't it? Rather than Carlos, really. You know, Carlos works with what he, what he gets in some ways. It'd be more interesting to hear what Lee Bromby would have to say about it. You know, why, why did you want to make that move on, on deadline day? Why did you feel you needed that? And if, and if it is... We, we felt we needed someone more experienced to help Ryan develop. Fair play, fair dues. You know, that's, that's actually really good management, if that is the case, because they've realised that there's a bit of a weakness there in that in that experience with Ben moving. So, fair play, if that is the move. Um, I just has wonder Lee whether Brom- that is... Has Lee Bromby played with this lad? Because all our signings seem to come from people who Lee Bromby knows. <laughs> um, so, I'm kind of reading not, the lines. I don't think you played uh, for I Canada, know. did he, Lee? I don't think you played for Canada. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know. I'm, I'm, you might have done. You know, it's, a, it's an interesting one, Johnny, because you've just said there, you know, if that is the reason why he's bringing it in, bringing this person in, just communicate that in press release. It's not hard, is it? And it just, yeah. you know, if, you know, you, you always have a little snippet from someone, you know, we've signed so-and-so, so-and-so, there's got to be a comment from someone at the club and all it needs to be is we felt we were a little bit short in goalkeeping department. We could get an injury and it leaves us with one First team keeper, which would be fair, yeah, it's that, that's absolutely fair. fair. Again, we brought him in because we feel Ryan's a young lad and he needs a little bit of experience, yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. help him progress. And you sit as a fan and you read that and you think, Do you know what? That's it's not bad reasoning, you know, like you've just said. Mm. But just to see we've signed a random keeper that no one's really ever heard of after just letting Ben Amer go. Now, don't get me wrong, I feel that Ben Amer probably instigated that move more than town. He's not going to want to sit on bench at town, he's proactive and gone, Look, I don't want to sit on your bench. I'll go, and as you know, you, you let him go. I think Phil's right. If if Schofield gets injured, we've got Pereira, and then who? Is, is it a youth team player? Now, bearing in mind Schofield's young, are we delving into under 16s, under 17s level? And you don't really want somebody coming in like that if you're potentially going to be down in a relegation fight. So on paper, it it does make sense, but communicate better again. Well, I mean, I think Lee Bromby. I think in the in the press release, Lee Bromby did say. You know, it, it's up to him to show his experience, and and I think to quote him, he said to push Ryan every day. You know, which, which therefore does suggest, you know, he, you know, Ryan's got the number one shirt, yeah. and and Jason is going to be pushing him every day. But so what's Pereira point, doing? Well, well, yeah, that's a very good question, isn't it? And this is this is a problem because they're not going to come out and say that he's pushing Ryan for his shirt because it shows that they've made a mistake again yeah. in the transfer market early doors, yeah. which people have, have blatantly seen. And, and we, yeah, and I mean, just, 
just jumping on because we're talking about LeBron B. So he said, uh, with Hamer departing earlier this month, we had the desire to add a third senior goalkeeper to the group to ensure we have the right level of competition and depth between now and the end of the season. He arrives with good experience. It's his job to show us what he can do every day and to push Schofield, the current number one. So yeah, again, it's, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So sorted that. I, I mean, to be fair, that's... to be fair, if, if, if you've got him on a, on, a, on a decent wage, then it's then it's a shoot sign, isn't it? Because it's like, again, it's another bit of experience, but. Uh, and then you could also argue with the fact that if, if Ryan is your first choice, he's only young um, and, you, and you do need a couple of experienced heads because if, if not, then you've got a young keeper to start. An ex- oh, God. An experienced keeper who isn't an experienced keeper, second. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I've played more games than him probably. And then, um, and, then, and then a young kid behind. So, so maybe it is, like I say... Maybe or is Joe, is Joe Prairie number two still? Is it is it the two youngsters and and Jason's been brought in as a number three? I'm sure they didn't sell it to him that way. If that is the case, but you never know. No, no. I'm, I'm quite impressed how much we've got out of this keeper. I, I, I said, do you want to add anything? We're just not written down. Um, yeah, and if I mean, yeah, it's not an exciting signing, but you can see it. And to be fair, um, Hamer will have been on a lot more than he was. He was, so uh, I think it's a, it's a good way to trim it. Absolutely. Now, before we get on to the strikers and or not so strikers, um, Diacardi left in the middle of the night, pretty much, to join the French <laughs> second division side Amiens. Um, he's oh, not been in Amiens. Amiens, do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Someone did a GCSE. <laughs> I did GCSE French. I got a C, actually. I thought it was going to fail, um, but I passed. So, yeah, fun fact for everyone there. Um, yeah, obviously, he's not been the uh, most favourite player on here, which is a bit of an understatement. But what I will say is we've criticised him before, but what I'll be, I'll be nice here before everyone else is but um, I hope it works out for him. It clearly didn't work out for him at town. I don't think, obviously, that's down to him partly, but I also think it's just poor recruitment, as we've talked about. So, I, generally, I hope, I hope he gets to rebuild his career because, you know, it wasn't happening at town. He went on to Forest. It wasn't happening there. So, um, I think it's good that we've got rid of him and you know, good that we've got him off the wage bill. And, yeah, I hope it works out for him. But, Pozza, what do you want to say about it, then? <laughs> I, as you know, I went a little bit. I, I had one of those moments last night. You know, when some sort of like rage just comes over you. Know? <laughs> I was trying my best not to get bothered by it because I've, I've all, you know, I've said only a few times if it's transitional season and all this and all that. But I don't know. Looking at looking at the window as a whole, we've you've got your Grant and your Thomas. They've come in. They're not first team players either. Let's be fair. They're coming in to be bedded in. 
in B team over the course of the season or whatever. So for me, a signing, if you're making a signing and they're not ready to play first 11, don't class them as a, an actual signing. You know, you brought them to the club, fair enough. Don't have the big terrier inbound reveal and all that sort of stuff. Just bring them in as a, you know, as a B team player and, you know, just slip them in back door almost without anybody noticing. Um, Keo, a needs must um, for me. Again, don't really disagree with that too much. Could we have got someone a little bit better than Keo? Potentially. Again, we went through reasons on, on the last pod, I think, with Keo. So I won't go rake over all ground there. Aaron's and Holmes, again, they're the sort of signings that I would sort of be expecting to come. Uh, they don't excite me massively, but the, the sort of first team level, are they miles better than what we already have? I won't say the miles better. Are they going to pull the club up from being, you know, bottom third to suddenly be a, a, a playoff side? For me, probably not. Um, but, you know, the, the relatively young Aaron's were obviously his main target, which we were, were obviously going to bring him in. Holmes were a little bit of a strange one. I didn't think, I, I maybe thought with Holmes coming in that Pritchard might have been on his way. Um, and it were a replacement for Pritchard. Obviously, he's still with us. So maybe the move that were sort of cited for, for Pritchard has, has broke down. But I think Phil sort of already mentioned it. And it's, it's what I've got written down here, though. We seem to be covering failings that we made in the summer again. Um, everyone's going on about a striker. We signed Danny Ward. Pretty much every single person were aware of his injury record. Countless times we read on Twitter, countless times we mentioned it, and he's not going to be able to play every single game. We knew that. Why didn't club look at that and think, no, there's potential here that he's going to be injured? We had Ward and we had Campbell. We had Karoma, who for me is a little bit of a Carl Grant. He's not a striker. He's a, he's a wide left forward, so he's not a striker. So we had two. And then I remember Chicken putting it to Phil you know, what about a striker really early on and his response, you know, typical cocky, arrogant, oh, well, we've got five strikers at the club. Well, actually, how's that, how's that working out now, Phil? Because two are very, very rarely seen. One's, you know, made out of mashed potato and can't play more than, you know, two games without getting injured. <laughs> Campbell, for all his, you know, for all his hard work and his endeavour and his running and his bringing people into play, and I get that that's part of his game in, in the system that we play, but, you know, he struggles to finish. Mm. He's never scored a load of goals. And we've seen this season, he's, he's missed chances. That header on Saturday were, you know, a perfect example. And argumentatively, you could have you that point, that that header miss has, has cost us a win there. Um, you look at who we were rumoured with, you know, Caden Jackson from Ipswich. You know, they're almost desperation when it after the, after the window had actually shut. I had a quick look. He scored 12 goals in two seasons. The guy won a competition on Facebook to become a footballer. I mean, what is going on? We were a Premier League club two years ago and this is the sort of player that we're looking to sign. Really? You know, um, is it Adebayo, the, the guy who chose Luton? Uh, you know, <laughs> Luton Town over Huddersfield Town? If you just said that to me, even, no, not even when I in Premier League, you know, a couple of seasons before that, you'd, why would anybody choose to go to well, it might not be in fairness to in fairness to town. It might not be that he chose Luton. You know, it might have been that town didn't think he was worth the money that 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 Luton yeah, would have to pay for him. Do you know what I mean? He might he might not have had the actual choice. The player, in fairness to him, it might have just been that Luton were willing to pay. You know, my understanding was it was about four hundred grand they wanted for him. Um, you know, that it, it, they might have been willing to pay close to that than Huddersfield were willing to pay because they might not have thought it was worth it. And January is a really difficult window, isn't it? You know, you don't you don't want to waste money in this window to try and do something 
that could be a short-term stopgap, you know, and if they feel that 400 grand or whatever the fee actually ended up being for him is a lot of money for a player who scored 12 goals in League Two, if they felt that that was too much, then you have to say fair enough to the club. I'm, you know, I'm not here to defend them or to hammer them. You have to say fair enough to them if they went, do you know what? Too rich for us. We don't think he's worth that money. We're not going to pay it. We'll find out, won't we? Very quickly, whether he was worth that sort of yeah. money and whether he actually yeah. has an impact. Yeah. I just think the sort of names that we were looking at, the who were these players? There's no one that you've heard of and gone, yeah, do you know what? If we sign him, that's a really good signing. It's, it all seemed a little bit desperate. And for me, it's not like this has just happened. It's not like we've had three strikers to pick from and two have suddenly got long-term injuries. And it's like, oh, shit, we need a striker. This has been a problem now, well, for many seasons, but certainly from the start of this season, we just we don't score enough goals. Back Roma, really. You know, we look at that team sheet and who, who's going to get you the goals? And... It just seems a little bit of a shambles, you know, recruitment team. You've had all this time to line up potential options, yet at the very last minute we're still seemingly scrambling. You know, obviously you don't know what's going on behind the scenes fully, so you can only go on what you see. You know, and there's names flying out here, there and mm. everywhere. The, the guy from Celtic, that looks like we pulled out of that, so that might be something, Johnny, like you just said, it maybe Celtic wanted too much or we didn't deem him the wage that he were commanding. Uh, you know, we're not prepared to pay it, but... Without again, without knowing figures, you know, you mentioned four hundred grand. There, are we really so hard up that we can't spend four hundred grand, or is it that we don't want to because we don't think it's worth it? Do you mean, yeah, as yeah. a fan, you've got to kind of, you know, read between the lines. And I, I just think we brought Carlos in. We made such a big hoo-ha about the new way that we're going to do things, and we're not giving him the the tools that he needs to be able to play the style of football that he wants. I get the COVID. I get it's January. I get we've got still got some big earners to get off the books, but. I don't know, it all just seemed, I don't know if you ever watched that Amazon documentary on Sunderland, that deadline day when they were, you know, I think they bought Will Grigg for about nine million because they got desperate. And I'm not suggesting we start doing stuff like that, but it just had that feel about it last night where there's four or five people in a room just ringing up anybody and everyone, you know, big Dave at Dog and, Dog and Duck. Do you fancy a game, mate? Come on, get down. We're, we're at, you know, you start with a list of 10, 15, and we seem to be at 16, 17 and 18 on that list. And we didn't even get anybody in it. It just worries me not, not so much that we didn't get a striker in now. We just don't fill me with any confidence that in January, when we need a massive squad overhaul, we've got a lot of players leaving. Is it going to be the same? Are we going to miss out on players? Have we got have we got a plan? It all just seems a little bit chaotic. And I think from me and, and a lot of other fans, that's the worrying thing. Not so much that we didn't get a striker. The fact that the planning behind it didn't seem to be there. There was no strategy behind it all. It was... You know, it's almost firefighting rather than being proactive and, and thinking, well, this is how we want to play. These are the type of players that we need. This is the list of players and we're going to go out and get them. It's who's available, who's cheap. Let's go for them. And, you know, you guys might have different different opinions on it and, you know, maybe a little bit more rational than you're thinking of myself. But I don't know, last night I just I just seemed to get a bit of rage about it all. <laughs> what about yourself, Phil? Yeah, last night were, I think, probably last night. I don't know if it were most frustrating I've ever had or whether I just can't, I'm not bothered anymore in terms of the fact that I have no idea what, what the plan is. Like, like what is that? I feel like we're just buying players just to fill spaces. I, I don't think we're buying players because they're going to make a massive difference to the team. I think Aaron's obviously, I think he's a bit of class. He looks decent. He looks, he does look really good. Um, and obviously, he's probably not had the service or the things that have gone right, but Saturday just, what is Saturday? What we on? Saturday proved, you know, that the goal where he didn't pass a few, and you can see he's got a little bit about him. But everything else just seems to be kind of like a stopgap. It kind of seems to be filling a filling a hole because we've got injuries. 
I feel I feel like we're just buying people because we're, we're, we're short on numbers. That 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 is the concern in general, isn't it? It really is a concern. I, I had a few names written down here that I looked at that, that have moved. Um, Troy Parrot, um, loads of potential. He's got the Ipswich. Now he's, he's massive potential from Tottenham, but are we not getting looking at people like this because we've got a zone? So we've got Phillips. So is Phillips going to play more? Is he going to kind of push forward a little bit more and play? Because he's a striker. One of our five, is he? Is he one of us five? <laughs> or one of us six? Will he, be, will he be class of six? I don't know. Um, Tom Ince moved to Luton. So what's happened to him? Because I was gutted when he left. Because for me, he was one of the only quality players that, one of the players who had a bit of quality on the ball. You know, just like a little thing. Um, Glenn Murray. Mm. But are these the kind of players that we're wanting? We've said this before. I don't want to just bring journeymen in who are towards the end of the career. They're just going to pick up a wage. But what is the actual, what is the plan? So we're all complaining about the fact that we're not bringing strikers in. We've got, we've got Campbell and we've got um, Ward, who, who they brought in at the start of the year, who should be a striker. Um, so we've got two there. So we have got two strikers. I mean, how many do you need in a team? Is it what's well, the that's, Yeah, that's that's the point, isn't it? Maybe, maybe they didn't feel as as desperate yeah. as maybe yeah. supporters feel. You know, I, I think yeah. you've got to judge the window. And, and Brady said, you know, he thinks the window's been okay, but yesterday was horrendous. I think that's quite interesting because yesterday's just hyped up because it's transfer deadline day, and yeah. because Sky Sports have Jim White sat in a bright yellow tie. You know, that that's all that is. Forget that. I've, I've got no time for the whole hype around deadline day because I think you end up doing some terrible deals on deadline day if you do end up trying to do something because it's deadline day, you know, and maybe they look at it and do think it's been, what, nearly two months since Karoma got his injury now, got injured against Wednesday, didn't he, which was, what, first week of December. So they said it was three months, so he's probably got a month to go until he's, he's probably going to be back. And then, as you've just said there, Phil, how many strikers do you need? All right, five, have they got five? Probably not. Um, you know, is Karoma a man who can lead the line on his own and hold the ball up in the way that's needed as well? Probably not. But Danny Ward can. And in the summer, they probably didn't expect to have Danny Ward as injured as he has been. Okay, some would say that they should have maybe foreseen that, but they still couldn't tell, could they? You know, and again, I'm not here to defend the club, but just looking at it from a kind of a neutral perspective without that that fan hat on and that fury around deadline day, you look at it and go, well, maybe they actually feel with Karoma back fit in a month's time, with Danny Ward back fit imminently hopefully for a longer period than he has been so far. And with Campbell still putting in the shifts and 90 minute after 90 minute after 90 minute, which he hasn't done previously in his career. I think he'd only done three 90 minutes in a row um, at his previous club once, I think it was. Um, so, you know, they, they're actually happy with what they're getting out of him, maybe not the goals, but okay, workload they're getting out of him. I know Cosie will be shouting at this saying, you but the striker's there to score goals. You know, but ultimately the striker isn't always there to score goals in this setup, in this sort of side. So, so maybe yesterday they were quite relaxed, actually about the the way that they were trying to handle things. If they could have got somebody here for the right deal, they'd have probably done something. But they might feel, with those three, yeah. they're all right. Well, the issue, is, the, is, the issue is, we're all looking. The, the point is, I mean, I, I, I 100%, 100% agree with what you're saying, because in this in this formation, they're not expected to... It's the link-up play, isn't it? And yeah. it's the yeah. pitch. But when, when, you're, when, you're, when you're given that opportunity as a striker no matter whether you're a hold-up player or what, you've got to score those. So yeah. I think, for me, this has made it worse in this transfer window because of that. Because it's it's kind of like the, what are we doing then? Because who do you bring in? 
Because who's moved? Who's moved to a club that, that's an outstanding forward that's going to go and bang in loads of goals? Someone uh, we spoke on Twitter the other day. I spoke to some random, some fellow. I, I, don't, I have no idea who he is, and everyone's got their own opinion on the game, and, and I totally accept it. And I mentioned Lee Gregory. I played with Lee Gregory at Halifax. Lee Gregory is a finisher, right? I'm, as a goalkeeper, you know for a fact that kid is a finisher, and he's a grafter, right? But fans will look, and they only want to see what they want to see. So Lee Gregory. It is, I think most he scored someone this fella told me was, was must have been 10 goals or something in a season right Lee, I know for a fact Lee Gregory is a finisher right maybe it's not worked out quite well for him Naki Wells scored 10 goals when we went up that year he was our striker were we complaining about him when we went up no we weren't so the issue is is that you get to a point now where people are like we need a new striker well who are you going to bring in who are we actually going to bring in like this guy from Walsall Possibly with you that just said how many goals he scored. Like, what's all that? Well, I think it was 12, is it, in League 2, is it? Yeah. So, 12 in League 2. But then we're all complaining because we didn't get him in front of Luton. Well, thank God we didn't get him. <laughs> if, 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 we go off, if we're going to go off for stats, thank God we didn't get him. You, you, you can't just go off for stats. You, you've got to go off of the, the player in general. And, and you never know, one player might move to one club and score an absolute bloody handful of goals Jamie Vardy went to he, he, were, he, he scored at every, every, every club he went to he went to Leicester didn't score any goals when he first rocked up Jordan Rhodes bagged them for you lot hasn't done much since <laughs> in terms of getting up to large yeah. numbers has he? Yeah. I, so, think, I just think like, like I was saying earlier though, it's not the fact that Johnny you, you mentioned there that you know the club were relaxed about the fact that we you know didn't get a striker maybe maybe no, potentially, yeah. And but if you're that relaxed about it, you're not linked with six different strikers all in one, you know, short space of time. For me, anyway, you, 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 six days before a window, and you're like, look, there's no one really out there. Will and nothing comes of it. But the fact that there were so many rumours about so many different players, to me, it's a bit of a. Again, I'm, there I'm, is a lot I'm of clickbait. Though. There is, there is, there's a hell of a lot of clickbait out there. A hell of a lot, and, and this is the thing what it's judged on. Not the old saying of you know, there's no smoke without fire. I don't buy that anymore. You know, there is a lot of smoke well, out fire because smoke, smoke gives you clicks and clicks I'll give you yeah, adverts. Yeah, yeah, I'll take, I'll take I'll that give, I'll give you an example. I saw that message about Lee Gregory, town in for Gregory, I messaged him. I heard a peep. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. I, I just want to clarify with my um, deadline day thing. I think what I'll say is, and I don't know if you agree with this, possibly being, well, some of you, Phil, being a fan, but the club, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Johnny. How um, you know, if the club were relaxed, that is fine. But I think Ward got injured. What was it, ten days ago? And the club haven't said anything. But listening to what Stephen Chicken said, and you know what we've heard from others, it does seem that the club were looking at bringing someone in if the deal was yeah. right. So I think I think the issue yeah, is if the deal was right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. No, I, and I agree. Well, good. But I think <laughs> I think the thing is, if the club has suddenly changed its tactic to oh, we do need a striker. I don't understand why it's left deadline day. I know deals can run over and stuff like that, but you look at like bringing in Keo, who's on a six-month deal. Again, it's like it's like Phil says, what type of striker do we want? Do we want a stopgap for six months and then we look at it in the summer? Because there would be strikers out there if that's what we want. You know, like you touched on, I mean, with David Nugent or Greg, you know, there'll be someone like that, a championship proven. And that seemed the people were kind of getting linked to. I think the frustrating thing is, and again, I, I get exactly what you're saying about deadline day, Town became that club where they're the championship team in to striker. So agents link their players because they want to force a move. It doesn't necessarily mean there's any truth in that. But I think, you know, from from kind of the rumours, you know, we saw and heard, it, it looked like they were trying to bring someone in. And I think you look at 
I can see why fans are frustrated because you look at Aaron's yeah. and what happened in the summer, that was meant to be happening. You know, that was nearly done and then it collapsed. And it does look like they're leaving it late to the last minute and can't get it over the line. Again, we do, we're not inside, yeah. so we don't know. But I can see why people are frustrated. And yeah, yeah. I, yeah. if the club stuck to their guns and were like, we don't need a striker, then I think people would kind of get on it. But it seems there was a change this in tact. This is a problem. This is a problem. In summer, we all say we need a striker. Then obviously we've we've got a few points. We've got to thirty-one, and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we probably don't need a striker because we can go bang loads of goals." But actually, we still need a striker, and and this is probably and, and and I can I can totally understand why they haven't brought these certain strikers in. But this is why fans are wanting they want to know what's going on because actually, why not spend a little bit of money on the striker you actually want and you know that's going to make a difference. And that and, and it all boils down to what's happened from the Premier League and the money and where it's gone because we have no idea where this money is and we, we have no idea if we're ever going to be able to spend that kind of money again. <laughs> That's the problem because surely there's a striker that we can that we could have teased out. For me, like you've mentioned, uh, Johnny, uh, January transfer window, do one because you're not going to get what you want from that. Yeah. It's all come from summer. It's all come from summer. And we should but, have they might, but they might have also, if you're looking at it from that perspective, you know, January transfer window, you're not going to get what you want from it maybe they view it that way as well. And maybe they did with Danny Ward 10 days ago or so think, do you know what? We might try and get someone if the deal's right, but they might've also put quite a lot of, you know, eggs in a basket for the summer. And I'm not saying they're going to go spend millions of pounds in the summer that, you know, I'm not, no one's expecting that, but they might feel they're all right for this season to wait until the summer. And that's dangerous. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's dangerous. You're, you're, you're yeah. seven points above the drop zone right now yeah. and many teams below you have a game in hand. Some have two, some have yeah. three. It's yeah. a dangerous position to be in when you're losing games and you're not scoring enough goals. Absolutely, I think it's risky. But they might feel, with the players coming back, enough. we're going to get enough points to keep us in the yeah. division this year and maybe even finish mid-table somewhere. You know, And then in the summer, because we haven't had to splash out 400 grand on a striker who ends up scoring two goals between now and the end of the season, and then we realise he's probably not going to be the one to take us to the next level. They might in the summer, and don't forget, COVID's having a massive impact on our clubs as well. They, yeah. might, they might decide in the summer we can maybe loosen the purse strings a little bit. That might be wrong, but they might have thought further down the line as opposed to thinking January, which I think is a dreadful window. And you know, it was shown yesterday about how little deals were done across the board. Yeah, there's lots of scenarios. Kind of a little bit hung up on that. We, we need a striker kind of thing and, and I get that but I think it just it does go back to, to summer we you know we're talking about Campbell and Ward as the two strikers let's be honest because you can't class Phillips and you can't class Harriet Phil when he said we had five it was a load of bollocks basically wasn't it? we haven't got five we've got two and we've got a left winger forward in Corona so if you're going to go down that game you've got to then start counting and Benza because he plays exactly the same just on the other side you've got to count the Akabe you know, as well. So, you know, have we got five or we've you know, we got eight or we've got seven or whatever it is. But I've just had a really quick look and people talk about Danny Ward's injury. He's played 90 minutes once all season. You know, we're, we're halfway through the season he's played 90 minutes once. It's not good enough. Then you've got Campbell who's an older striker. He's running, he's running himself into the ground. A fair play to the fellow, I'm surprised. I, I bet he can't walk half at the time because he must be knackered because he's, 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 old, he's an older striker playing a a very physical, active role. Now, yeah. even yeah. even if Danny Ward is 100% fit, you've still only got a Campbell and Ward. Now, they're both very similar sort of players in the way that they play that role. So even then, when if them two are fully fit, you still need a third just as a, as a different type. A big tall guy, you know, a big six foot, 
odd bloke who can just come on and you know win. Edison's that's what Karoma is, isn't it? Not not the big tall <laughs> striker. But what I'm saying is he's the third different type because you've well, now got Aaron's. Well, you've now got Aaron's who play out on the left. You've got Aaron's that who play out there, won't he? So you so that does free up Karoma somewhat to also be included as a striker, doesn't it? I, I might be wrong. It would be, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the the sort of main middle striker like Campbell would. You can't imagine yeah. Karoma doing that sort of job, can you? No, is what no, I'm saying. no, no. Yeah. Uh, so even if even if Ward is fully fit, which is is obviously not because he's missed a lot, to to only have two, in my opinion, main strikers is is not enough. Even if you play one up front, because you've you've we've talked about keepers earlier on. You've got three keepers. So why would you not have three strikers? Do you know what I mean? You, you can't say, oh, we need three keepers in case one gets injured, but then be like, not just particularly you, Johnny, I'm just talking in general. Yeah. You, people can't be, well, we've got two that can play, so if one gets injured, we'll play other. Because what if he has a bad game? What if you need to switch up after 60 minutes? What if he takes a knock? To, to only have two real recognised strikers on your books in general is, is poor. And again, it goes back to the summer. And I think that's what is annoying myself and a lot of people when you look around on social media it's not mm. just the fact that the the player x y and z didn't come it's what is the thought what is the plan what's going to yeah, happen in this summer that that's what's great in a lot of people you know you can buy a striker for six months you can bring someone in alone for six months you can bring in glenn murray you can bring in david nugent you can bring in whoever for six months but then in summer what do we do in summer who, who, do we have a list already and obviously we don't know this, do we? So it's hard to say. So this conversation could be totally different in the summer when when Phillips is a half a year older, Kean, and you've got young lads in midfield who are all bombing on and, and, and improving. Do you know what I mean? Half a half a year, you know, look at steady, steady half a season for steady, and it were a different kind of player. Steady mm. bloody you know, when he were in youth team and we played FA FA youth, but he struggled to bloody cross a ball into the box next year, you know, the season after is unbelievable. So this looking looking at the staff, Scoey, Worthy, um, all pushing, championing these young players. Maybe that's what they're looking at. But again, where's where's your where's your communication coming from from club? Because the fans are like I say, the fans are furious out there. The fans just want want to know that we're going to be safe and 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 come on, you know, we all say exactly the same. Don't where's the strikers? We all want a good striker, don't we? I think it's a risky strategy that if we thought we've got enough and yeah. if it pays off and we stay up, you look back and say, do you know what? I'm glad we didn't spend 400 grand on, on whoever. <laughs> if you go down, you look back and think, I tell you what, for another 100 grand, we'd have had him and could he? And if he goes on and scores 10 goals for Luton between now and end of the season, you look back and think, Jesus Christ, for 100 grand, that would have kept us up. <laughs> so I, I think I saw someone on Twitter with, with Stephen Chicken. He's, he's probably a little bit more like you, Johnny, in the fact that he's probably a little bit more neutral than than us in the fact that he will probably wait before going mental on Twitter like I do. <laughs> and he's quite in because that's his job in it. That's your job. You're, you, you're a little bit more objective in yeah. your opinion. That's, because... the, that's the right word for it. You know, we try and view it from both yeah. ways, totally understanding the, the frustrations of you lot and totally, you know, we're all football fans. That's why we do the jobs that we do. So we fully get it. You know, we fully understand those frustrations, but we also try from the base knowledge we have of the conversations that we have yeah. with people in and around the club to go, okay, well, what about from their perspective though? You know, it's playing that devil's advocate almost. That's that's kind well, of the role. Yeah. yeah. I know you don't like two... Sorry, Sorry mate. One minute. All right. Not I really. think there's two things, two things for me. I think, um, you know, obviously it's past 
if Phillips is good as they're making out, then he needs game time because Campbell's cooked. And let's see him, like you say, Phil, you know, young lad, he'll all be experienced. And, you know, who knows? I mean, he's only come on for the last 10 minutes for most yeah. games, so give him a bit of chance. But I also, for me, I was I was like you, Poz, I think, like, Chicken talks about that a lot. And like you said, Johnny, you're, you're objective. But as fans, you, you, you know, you're passionate about it and you care about it. But... For me, I, I think wait till the summer because obviously we don't know how bad COVID is. Phil does mention that. Clubs have mentioned that. Also, we've got all these high wage earners. But the summer's key for me because you can't use the excuse of, oh, we've got all these big wage earners. You know, they might have, COVID might be really bad. We don't know what fans are coming in, but it is a big summer. And I think that's, for me personally, is when, if we don't get the players in to help Carlos, I think that's when we can, you know, criticise a bit more, in my opinion. But I'm just going to read out some, some comments, Phil, uh, very quickly. So, because um, obviously strikers is quite interested. So, someone, um, so Ollie Fisher from Semper in Milan. We might not have signed anyone, but Town Twitter was on form last night. Shows people do still care. More anger than apathy, which is good. Keeps people, the right people being held to account. Yes. Um, Proud Terriers, club below us have games in hand and aren't safe yet. You made this point, Johnny. Hope this doesn't cost us. We can see far too easily. So, scoring two goals this game is too much for us. Um Mbenza can play striker, says uh, Terrier. Yeah, I suppose you can. Uh, sounds generic, but we need a big man, someone with presence to establish for us in the final third. And again, I could, that's why I saw Adebayo, because he is that kind of Mounier type of player. Um, for me, Danny Ward was a, was a waste of sign. He's far too injury prone. We need players who can ride week in, week what, out. You want, you want another Mounier back? Mate, I used to like Mounier. I liked Mounier. I don't get this. Mounier leaves and I'm talking about we need another player like Mounier. No, 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 we never really played to Mounier's strengths for me. Hey, it, that question, question. That, that header that, that Campbell, right now, answer this honestly, the header that Campbell missed at the weekend, would Mounier have scored it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, would have. What, what, if, if we were playing against Crystal Palace? No, mate, he scored headers last season. Like, I'm telling you, Mounier would have scored that header. I, that's my opinion, but I would have scored it. I think he would have scored it as well. I think you might right, Benny, just, just to go back to Moonier, the, the reason why we never played for his strengths <laughs> is because we brought in Benzer and Diakabi to try to play to his strengths and they were absolutely awful. And it made Moonier look worse than what he was. And now we're whipping balls into the box. When Toffolo's putting beauty balls in and Benzer's whipping great balls in and we've got no one in there. No one there, yeah, exactly. We do it every time, don't we? We say it all the time. <laughs> Do you think it's just like a universal thing that fans do? Like You, just you have to complain about everything. Yeah, that, that one we, we always we always sit back when we're winning. We we always we always elect it. Every every team will say that surely. Why you'll have you'll have ninety one other podcasts going on tonight. And we all <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We yeah, always concede yeah. it last minute. A team at one for six and they'll always beat us. And it's like <laughs> everyone <laughs> says exactly like you say. Phil, everyone says it exactly. Yeah. The same. It's just football fan thing, isn't it? I was looking at um, Luton's. I was sad night tonight. I was looking at Luton's Instagram and um, the. Just compare them to us, like the way we feel today. They're buzzing with their signings. <laughs> like they, they, like it's like couldn't have got a better transfer window. So how can a club like that identify what they need and bring in the right kind of players? And we're not doing. That worries me. 
you ju- yeah, but you judge a transfer window a few months in, don't you? If all those players are flops and they spent a load of money on them and they're getting dragged towards the relegation battle, it will have been a great transfer window then, will it? Yeah, this is it. Look, yeah, look, yeah, we, yeah. we talk about that summer of you know shitness where we bought Diakabi and Benza and all that, and you see, well, yeah, we signed this bloke from France, ten million. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and now yeah. you know it's yeah, worth but, signing clubs. Ever. We signed Pritchard, ten million. Look how happy everybody with that, and now it's worth yeah. signing with me. So, but Luton yeah, you fans, get caught up in moment, don't you? Because yeah, of course. Luton fans are happy tonight. Yeah, live for the moment. Anyway, um, so. Obviously, the strikers is well documented. Um, we were linked to a load of names, but I wanted to ask. Obviously, we made six signings, lads. Um, unless anyone wants to talk about strikers anymore, um, <laughs> I think to play devil's advocate again, if we have we conceded most goals in the league, if we don't make stupid mistakes, we might win a few games, and it might yeah, be on Campbell. Yeah. So I will just say that. But um, I'm going to ask you, like, who was your favourite signing of the window? So for me, I'll. I mean, we've not seen Danny Grant, but I think he could be interesting. But I think Dwayne Holmes, I think Dwayne Holmes is ready, you know, ready to come into this team. I think a lad, I mean, we saw him saw him on Saturday, he put in a couple of good crosses. And um, I think David Hartrick made the point uh, when he came on our preview pod, like a midfield three of Holmes, O'Brien and Hogg is quite a good championship midfield, to be fair. So uh, he's the signing for me. I think the others are good. We've talked about Keo at length. Um, but yeah, what, what about yourself? I'm, I'm going to go to you, Phil. What, who was your son in the window? Um, well, like we talked about in hindsight, I think Keo does look like a good signing. I think he looks solid, experienced, reliable. Uh, he'll he'll work, do wonders for Ryan and, and Nabi Saha. <laughs> um, and I think Aaron's Aaron's looks decent. Yeah. They've got to give him some game time. He looks he looks really he looks so he looks really tidy with the ball, sharp. Um, he uses it really well. So those two, I think, look at, look good. Um, yeah, those two look good. Look good. I, I, had, I had something else on my head, then I don't want to. I don't want to interrupt. So who's next? No, no, go for it, go for it, mate. Pause it. What, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with Phil. There, I think Aaron's. Um, I want hundred percent convinced for him when we went for him in summer. But you know, I think your article Brady available on. Uh, oh, stop it! There, everybody. Um, <laughs> if you got any doubts about Aaron's, I think if you have a reader that that totally change my opinion on him because as, as Phil mentioned earlier you, you Google the player and you look at the stats and you look at goals per games and you, you, that's basically your takeaway from it but then actually when you speak to fans who have seen him play week in week out and you know put shift in and you, as a forward player basically you want someone who you want to open up a Wikipedia page and see that he's got 10 assists and 15 goals don't you mm. and if you see two and three you think oh automatically you know he's not really good but you don't know that the pass before that might have created the goal um, and stuff like that. So I think Aaron's, and from the little I've seen of him, you know, he seems to have a trick in him. I think he'll, I think he'll be a, a decent signing moving forward. So yeah, the, the, like I said, the two young lads, um, Grant and, and Thomas. Um, I, don't, I don't think for now, the, you know, the, especially uh, Grant. I'm probably a little bit more excited about him given the high from Ireland um, that, that came out. He seems to be championed well by them over there. So maybe you know. Next season, maybe he starts and we have a look at him. But I think certainly for the for the here and now, Aaron's for me is the is probably the, the decent signing for, for this summer, for this window. Sorry. Yeah, Johnny, agree yeah. with that? Or I, I agree with that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify why we call him Aaron's as well instead of Aaron's. Right. When, when he arrived at the club, um, we spoke to our colleagues up at BBC Radio Newcastle to do a piece with him to talk about, you know, talk about what he's like as a player, all that sort of stuff. And they said he had told them it's Aaron's. So it's come from the player's mouth, which is why we've gone with it. So until he tells us otherwise, 
I'm sticking with it, but I might be wrong. <laughs> uh, but, but that's what they told us he'd said. So that technically from the horse's mouth, that's why I keep saying it. If anyone sat there going, he keeps calling him bloody errands. Well, um, I said errands really, just because you said errands. So. Yeah, well, that's, that's what they've told us he said, that's his name. So I'm going with it. Um, but I think, yeah, I'm just going to call him Rolando now because it cuts out, doesn't it? <laughs> is the one for me yeah he looks really exciting I think the more he gets into it the more he gets up to game time the fact that he was so annoyed at being substituted at the weekend I like that as well um, that he really cares he really wants to be out there felt he could make a difference um, and he's just exciting and he is what you want to see Keo's steady and he'll do exactly what you, you need yeah. to do um, despite the fact he tried to give the ball away as much as possible at the weekend <laughs> he'll still do what he needs to do in and around defensively so steady steady signing for me um, but I think yeah Rolando is the signing of the transfer window. Yeah, fair enough, guys. Well, um, I suppose I suppose there ain't much. Uh, what I will say with Aaron's, um, obviously everyone forgets because Campbell missed that penalty, but Aaron's made that for O'Brien <laughs> and also he made the goal for Bakuna. Oh no, Aaron's yeah. back healed it. So yeah, you're right. Good, good job. Yeah, again, I don't think any of them are bad, to be fair. So we uh, can kind of move on, just seeing what the comments have said. Oh, apparently Jordan Rhodes has scored in the 90th minute uh, to if a winner against Bournemouth. So there you go. So, I mentioned him earlier, you see. Yeah. Mention a name and the person will go and score. <laughs> so Fraser everyone... Campbell, Fraser Campbell, Fraser Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> so Everybody, that's... together, come on, we've like Yuri Geller all at the same time. <laughs> are you going to do what? Are you going to, you know, use some magic and make the ball go in the net? So that head yeah, it'll we'll we'll put a stand on screen at the same time on Saturday, you know. <laughs> You've got a film doing it if it goes in, mate. Carry like on, when Beckham broke, broke his metatarsal and they had it on the front of the paper, didn't That's they? The Do you remember? Yeah. I will say, yeah, though, right. Fraser, if he is listening, he won't be, but if he is, he does put a shift in, does lad, to be fair. I do. I think fans do appreciate that. You know, all right, yeah, that's the minimum expectation to put that shift in, but he's not there to score the goals, is he, at the moment? He's there in that role to, to do the donkey work to try and get other people involved. So, yeah, when the chances present himself, he's got to be better at taking them. But I don't think his hard work goes as noticed as probably what no. he should do by a lot of fans. He's, yeah, he's a he's a real leader, isn't he? And and, and I think yeah. he's like you say. I think it highlights when he does miss chances like that. The the issue is is that we're worried about where else it's going to come from. That's the problem. So that that that's the issue. You'll see strikers missing. You know, for, you know, I always go to it because it's my second, kind of second team. You, you have to have a second team surely if you're a town fan, surely. <laughs> Um, but like Firmino for Liverpool you know he's not scored for ages but like the, the the work he puts in to create other chances and I think the hard work that Fraser puts in and the way we're playing it should like you say shouldn't go unnoticed the only the only problem is is that it's not coming from anywhere else so it's highlighting on him now and it's it's not it's not fair really um, but it's that, that's football isn't it you know we want goals so the first place you're going to look is your striker because um, I tell you what if we're conceding goals first place you look is your keeper so I have no sympathy in terms of that because um, because goalkeepers get absolutely hammered <laughs> even if centre halves are crap. <laughs> I think I think it's as well I stuck up for him uh, when we last on because I know Cosy's not his biggest fan, but he wasn't. You know I keep banging this. He wasn't meant to be first choice this season. It was meant to be Ward, and he's he's knackered. And like you say, I think he's only ever played ninety minutes three times in you know before. So. He, he's doing all right, but I think again, it's more. I think fans get annoyed with him because he is in a bit of a bad run, but also because it, there's no other option. So it's, it's I tell you what, though, you, won't, you can you can tell his character. He won't give up, and, and he won't he won't exactly. care one little bit about what fans are saying about him. He'll keep going on that pitch, and he'll keep trying his hardest every time. So fair play to him, to be honest. 
No, definitely. And something I did enjoy, because I, I actually watched the game on Sky, and obviously the red card, they kept reviewing it. And just to see him falling over in slow motion about 20 <laughs> times, she's bloody hilarious. It was just I like... tell you what, it was like a typical striker. He knew we were miles offside. He falls over and, and then gets up to try and get it again. Because, you know what I mean? Strikers are like a different breed. They'll do all to get a goal or get all the ball. Crackers. Oh dear. So, lads, looting at the weekend. Obviously, we do a preview pod, but is there anything um, any of you lads want to mention before we wrap up? I think it's a game we need to get something out of because, again, um, you know, it's looking looking over our shoulders a bit at the moment. Any, anything, any, anything? The next couple are for you. I think, you know, Wickham as well after that. Um, you know, I think it's two really big games coming up um, and big games that if you don't get points from those, if you don't get any points from it, you will absolutely then have the old bum twitching, won't you? And looking over your shoulders. And, you know, that, that seeps in Phil no more than anybody else. And, you know, Matty was telling us at the weekend, you know, he's been relegated uh, twice, I think he said. Um, you know, so he was saying it, it, when it seeps in, the first time he said he was relegated when they were cut adrift early on and tried to catch up and nearly got there and didn't. And then the other time they were relegated was where they thought they were all right and they weren't all right and they got dragged in and they went down very late on. I'm not saying that's going to happen to town, but, you know, if they lose to Luton, and I know Luton are above them in the table right now, but lose to Luton, that'll give Wickham a bit of belief then, won't it? You know, that they might be able to, to get something as well. And it just becomes a little bit worrying then, I think, if, if, if it's a bad couple of weeks. I hope not. Um, Luton are a decent side as well. You know, they beat Bournemouth recently, didn't they? They've, they've only lost narrowly to a couple of sides like uh, Brentford. I think they lost narrowly to only 1-0. So, you know, they're a, they're a good side. They're a decent side. So it, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be a real tough one, I think. You can see, can't you? You can see the way we play, and when if if we concede, it's it's very nervy, and 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 that for me, that's a sign of a team that that does lack confidence in terms of the ability to defend. So it is a bit of a worrying sign, to be fair. If you're not scoring your goals, mm. like you know, we, we all sit there now, and we'll all think that we need a two-goal lead, whichever game we're playing in, and you shouldn't really think like that, should you? You know, the, the year we went up, and, and it was really comfortable. You get a one-goal cushion, that's it, game over, game will finish. So it is a little bit worrying, to be honest. Um, so, a couple of wins really needed in, in February. Definitely, it's, uh, it's like you say, Johnny. It's a massive couple of games, and I think something else that doesn't particularly help. If you if you just take this season in isolation, you know, as a as a fan or a, you know as a, a journalist or someone else looking outside, looking in on the field, town, you look at it and you think, Do you know what? It's not a bad season actually. There were you know fans saying we we're going to get relegated. We're you know, a, a decent distance away from the um, relegation zone. You were on a little bit of a bad run at the moment, but early season form, if we can pick that back up when injuries come in, you know, you'd think we'd, we'd pull away. I think one thing that massively hinders town at the moment, and it were highlighted probably, again, by people like me in the window, that now we're looking at a fourth consecutive season where we're looking over our shoulders or we're in a relegation fight. And all you do is you cast your mind. It's another season where... Oh, we could potentially go down. And I think a lot of the frustration that's coming out of the minute is, is due to that, not just this season in isolation. Um, I think like I said, a lot of people appreciate the job that Carlos is doing at the moment, but as soon as you start to lose two, three, four games, you know, we haven't won in uh, 2021 yet, and we're in February, so easy to just think, you know, look at that season when we got relegated on last day. We went into that, oh, we'll never get relegated. You know, needed like three results to go against us and they all did. And your mind just goes back to all the negative, you know. So a, a, a point at Luton and a win against Wickham and suddenly 
everything looks, you know, a lot of Fraser Campbell gets an hat trick and, you know, we're all laughing at it. Danny Ward gets on field for more than 10 minutes and everyone's buzzing, you know. Um, a, a, a week's a long time in politics, but it's also a long time in football as well. So yeah. You could be sat here doing a pod after Wickham and everybody's, you know, opinion could be totally changed. So I think it's a performance, a couple of goals and four points. And I think, you know, just, it just fans the fit, you know, keeps the fans going a little bit longer but a couple of losses zero goals and all of a sudden you know there's hell on again so yeah it's up to them it's up to the club it's up to the players to to get on with it it's just results really for me the performances have been there at times you know Mm. (laughs) looking against all these other teams I'm not seeing again it's another year again I'm not seeing a a quality team come to our spot or play against us at any point there's been a few obviously but it's just the goals it's just the finishing games off that's all we're missing (laughs) Absolutely, and we're going to finish up this pod. I mean, I'll you know we'll talk in advance, but I look forward to Richard Keogh's hat trick from three corners at the weekend. <laughs> so, but gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on. Um, thanks to everyone who commented and tuned in, and um, yeah, we'll be back again next week to hopefully talk about a win. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield